Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Guys, I'm excited for today's episode because this topic that we're going to speak to today is a direct question from one of our listeners. It is my hope, it's my goal to always bring you content that's relevant, that's based on facts, um, but information that's going to help you. So I try to pay attention to what your questions are, either if you're a client in my office or, you know, I I try to listen to what people are talking about online or if I hear my friends um, speaking about something nutrition related. But I love when you guys ask me questions directly and say, hey, Adrian, can you make a podcast about this? And so that's what we're doing today. I got this question and I'm very, very excited to share the information with you as I know it's not only going to be helpful to the person that directly asked me, but I know there are others of you out there that struggle with this as well. Now, this topic may may feel confusing because today we're going to talk about how under eating affects weight loss. So often we're so focused on how overeating impacts our weight and how we need to eat less and eat better foods if we want to have weight loss. But there is a good bit of people out there that are struggling with weight loss because they're not eating enough calories. I always, you know, I I feel bad when I have to break the news to people and say, you're not eating enough. We need to add more. And the reason I feel bad is because I know the panic that they feel when they hear that information. You know, I had a lady one time, she was averaging between 800 and 1,000 calories a day. And she had been doing that for years. And she was so frustrated that she wasn't losing weight. And I told her, we're going to have to add more calories. And she about, she almost lost it. What? You know, in her head, she's thinking, I got to go less. I got to go to maybe five or 600 calories if I'm going to be successful. And so again, when I share that, you may not be eating enough. We need to add more calories. There's panic. But I want to explain today exactly what is happening in your body when you chronically undereat and why that's affecting your weight loss goals, why the scale isn't going down. And again, I get it. Everything that we've learned about weight loss is eat less and move more. But in some cases, it actually causes the opposite. In some cases, it stalls your weight and it makes future attempts at losing weight extremely difficult. And so today we're going to break down four reasons why. It will affect your weight loss. And then I'm going to give you some really practical take-home application tips that you can do right away if you fall into this category. So let's just jump right in. Number one, number one reason, not the number one reason, but 
number one, the reason you undereat, why this doesn't work is because it leads to a loss of muscle mass. All right, so your body naturally goes through fed and fasting states all day long. For most of us, when we're sleeping, we're fasting. We're not waking up to eat. And so we go eight, well, for some of you, six hours, some of you even less than that, but five, six, eight, ten hours without any food in our bodies, and we're just fine. And then when we're awake, we eat more often, okay? And that's just a natural cycle that our body goes through. Our body relies on glucose, which is a form of carbohydrate, for energy. And so under normal conditions, the body relies on glucose and everything is just great. During periods of fasting, our body will use stored carbohydrates. And that stored carbohydrate is called glycogen. And we store that carbohydrate in our muscles. And so once we've burned up all the glucose that's available for us to use, we then go into our storage and we pull that glycogen and we turn it into glucose so we can use it for energy. And all is great, okay? When we've exhausted all our glycogen reserves and we need more energy, our body has two options to turn to next. We can either turn to protein which is in the form of muscle, or we can turn to fat, which is in our fat cells, and we can use one of them for energy. Which one do you want to use? Well, if you ask me, if you ask my preference, I'm going to raise my hand and say, I want to burn fat, right? That's what every plan, every exercise plan, every diet plan that's sold to you. Gosh, how many plans did you see at the beginning of the month in January? You know, follow this plan and you'll burn fat, right? You don't get to choose, first of all. <laughs> we love to think that our body will burn fat first, right? But that's not what really happens. Our body prefers to break down protein first. And the reason for that is because protein is easier to break down and convert into energy. Protein is about four calories per gram. Calories is a form of energy, okay? Fat is nine calories per gram. So it's a lot harder to break down a fat cell than it is to break down a muscle cell. And our bodies always will choose the path of least resistance, especially if you need energy quickly. And we need energy all day long. We need energy for our hearts to beat, for our brains to function, for us to breathe and show up, right? So we need energy all day long. If we don't have enough to do what we want to do, then we've got to go into other reserves. Okay, that's a good thing. That's how our body keeps us alive. There are certain organs in our body that only prefer glucose. So our bodies are going to do what it needs to do to stay alive. All right. And during extended periods of time of undereating or chronic undereating, the body is often breaking down muscle mass in addition to fat. But to just say, I only want to break down fat only, that's not what happens. Okay, so I need you to understand the process. Now, the loss of muscle mass, that's not as easily replaced as fat cells. So inevitably, when a person starts to eat normally again, 
the body is more likely to store that excess fuel as fat. And the reason for that is because the body likes to stay in this equilibrium, this equal act of balance, this homeostasis, if you will. And so anytime that your body senses weight loss, it feels like there's a threat going on and it doesn't like that. And so any opportunity where you may eat something in excess, your body's going to take that and store it as fat right away because it wants it as nutrition insurance. So that's happening. The other thing that's happening is as you lose muscle mass because your body's breaking it down to get protein for energy, the less your metabolic rate. So your metabolism, what is driving your body to burn calories at rest and all day long is based on how much muscle you have. If you are losing protein, you are inevitably slowing down your metabolic rate. And this is why yo-yo dieters, they struggle so much because they'll lose weight. And especially if they're trying to lose it very quickly, especially if they're not trying to eat any carbs, then their body's breaking down muscle for energy. Okay. Now you've lowered your metabolic rate, your metabolism. Eventually you go off the diet, you overeat, you eat all the things, you gain the weight plus some. Now you're starting out at a higher weight with less muscle. What do you think your chances are for burning those calories off in the future? It's going to be a lot harder, right? Because your metabolism is so low. So you're going to have to do even more work and you're going to have to, you know, for a lot of people, they have to chronically under eat because they think that's the only way to get the, get the scale moving again. And it becomes this vicious cycle. So first and foremost, the reason why we have to be really careful, um, you know, about not eating too little calories or too few calories is because we're basically screwing up our metabolisms for the long term. All right. We don't want to lose muscle mass, especially as we age. Aging does that already just for us. It, we start to lose muscle at the age of 30. But our muscle is so critical to our health and well-being as we age. You know, as we get older, you know, if you fall, how are you going to get up off the floor if you have no muscle? You know, we forget that we're going to need our muscles to help us when we get older. And so losing muscle mass because of, you know, poor dieting techniques, that doesn't seem to be something I'm willing to do. Okay, so let's move on to the second reason. Number two, it slows down our metabolism. Let's go into that a little bit more. So we're losing muscle, which isn't good. And ultimately, number two, it's slowing down our metabolism. All right. Now you may have heard of this concept called starvation mode. All right. Starvation mode is when, again, your body perceives weight loss as a threat. There must be something going on. There must be no food. There must be some um, stressful situation going on that, you know, inhibits you from having access to food. You might be sick, whatever it may be. Um, but your body senses this lack of food this lack of intake as a threat. And so what it will do, because it wants to keep you alive, is it will naturally start to slow down your metabolism. Okay, so we're losing 
muscle, which is causing us to slow down our metabolism. And then because our body perceives the lack of food into our body as a threat, it naturally slows down the metabolism too, on top of it. All right. Because again, your body wants to keep you alive. Your body, I just think that is so fascinating. Your body has all these checks and balances to, so you can stay alive. I mean, think of it. If you fell into a hole, <laughs> I could have probably picked any example here, but let's say you fell into a hole and nobody found you for three days. Well, if you were burning calories really, really quickly, you know, you might die, right? You starve to death. But if your body senses, hey, we haven't had any food, let's slow down the metabolism so we don't burn through our calories too quick, it might keep her alive for an extra couple days until somebody can find you, right? That's what's happening in your body. Again, your body doesn't like to lose major amounts of weight because it wants that state of homeostasis. When you chronically undereat, your body will prioritize survival over weight loss. Your body will prioritize breathing. Your body will prioritize your heart beating over weight loss. Weight loss may be your priority, but your body's main priority is keeping you alive. And so what also happens when your body prioritizes survival is it slows down the production of thyroid hormones it slows down the production of sex hormones and it can increase the stress hormone called cortisol so let's talk about all of these things so first and foremost it will slow down the production of thyroid hormone and specifically we're going to talk about t3 because t3 is one of the main components in your metabolic rate all right. When you slow down production of T3, you slow down your metabolism. And then as cortisol rises, it can lead to this thing called insulin and leptin resistance. So we may have talked about insulin resistance on other, um, other podcasts. Insulin resistance tends to promote fat storage and it decreases your body's ability to use that glycogen for energy. Okay. Um, the other thing that happens is it leads to leptin resistance. Now, leptin is a hormone that usually sends signals to your body that you're full. So it helps regulate appetite. But in the case of leptin resistance, the brain stops responding to those signals to decrease appetite. And so when you have this combination of insulin resistance where your body's more prone to store fat and leptin resistance where your appetite is not regulated it's a recipe for disaster right and then on top of that you are decreasing your metabolism and so this is what makes everything work so much harder again we don't want to make your body work this hard that's why all the recommendations are to lose weight slowly, right? Nobody wants to hear that, but there's a reason why. It's because you don't want to put too much stress on your body at once. You don't want to cause it to look for alternative methods for energy. You want to utilize your body's amazing systems 
that are already created work with the systems, not work against them. Then you have to work so much harder. All right. The third reason we don't want to undereat is because it promotes a constant state of stress. All right. So your body's already under stress when it feels like it's not getting enough calories. Okay. But the other stress that it causes is the mental stress. Okay. A lot of times when people are under eating or chronically under eating, um, they have increased um, episodes of depression, anxiety, decreased self-esteem, nervousness, irritability, that cortisol level, which is the hormone responsible for stress is elevated. And, you know, the body, it can't determine whether or not stress is physical or mental in nature. So because the body can't determine the difference between the two, it responds the same. And so as one becomes more stressed, the body produces more cortisol. And elevations in cortisol lead to insulin resistance, which makes it harder to lose weight. You see how all this is connected? All right. So we got to make sure we're keeping our cortisol levels in check. We're keeping our thyroid healthy. We're keeping our leptin levels where they need to be so that we can regulate our appetite. We got to make sure we're not breaking down muscle, uh, whether it be from starvation mode or because we're breaking down muscle, um, uh, breaking down our protein stores. Like, guys, there's a lot going on here. Okay? This is not a great idea. Hopefully, you're catching on by now. Like, all right, if I'm one of those people that identifies as not eating enough, let's fix this. But before we get to that, I do want to give you the fourth point in chronic undereating leads to nutritional deficiencies. All right. Again, this is something that we don't put enough attention to. We're like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure my body will just, you know, find a way to regulate itself and I'll be fine. But when you are nutritionally deficient, um, so many things can go wrong in your body beyond just simple breakdowns. Like we're talking cognitive issues, metabolic issues, digestive issues, um, all sorts of things going on. So in order for our metabolism to function well, we need B vitamins, we need magnesium, um, iron can be helpful for anemia, fatigue, all these things. Our body extracts these nutrients from our foods. And if we're not eating enough, then there's a chance we're not getting these nutrients. All right. You know, when the body is undernourished, it will actually send out appetite um, signals in hopes that if you're hungry, you will get the nutrients your body needs. Okay. That's why it's important when we do eat to eat nutrient dense foods. You know, for so many of us, if we're undernourished, then our body will give us signals to eat to try to get those nutrients back into our system. And instead, we'll feed it junk. And our body's like, okay, well, thanks for the calories, but all I really wanted was nutrients. So how much you eat is part of it, but also what you eat is the other part. Okay? So what can we do to fix this? All right? After this discussion, you've been listening to me for about 20 minutes now about what are the dangers of not 
eating enough, how it affects your body negatively, especially if your goal is weight loss. So how do we fix it? All right. So right off the bat, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are a woman, you probably need to be eating at a minimum 1200 calories to get your nutrient needs met. Okay. If you're a guy, you need to eat about a minimum of 15. Now I said minimum. I don't know if 1200 is your number. I don't, I don't know without specifically looking at your body, your age, your activity level, but I'm just telling you right now at a minimum, I will never go under 1200 for a woman or under 1500 for a man because I can't guarantee all your nutrient needs will be met if I go underneath that. And because your health is more important to me than your weight, I will always be safe first. Okay, so what can you do? Number one, going to give you five tips here. Number one, you got to listen to your body. Are you constantly hungry? Do you feel irritable? Are you constantly tired? Do you have headaches? Are you not sleeping well? If this is happening, then we've got to look at your diet to see if it's part of the problem, right? If you don't have enough nutrients, if you're breaking down the wrong um if you're breaking down protein instead of carbohydrates, using that for energy, uh, if you're irritable all the time, like we got to look and see what's going on. So if you find that you're feeling any of these symptoms, then let's look at your diet and, and fix it. Number two, you got to pay attention to the warning signs. All right. Um, chronic under eating can lead to more frequent illnesses as your body's more stressed out and you're not giving it the nutrition it needs, it can affect your menstrual cycle. It can create hair loss, weakened immunity, feeling overly thirsty because you're not meeting your electrolytes needs. Pay attention to any changes that are happening in your body so we know how to correct it. All right, pay attention to these warning signs. It probably means you're not eating enough and your body needs more. Number three, I would love for you to focus on making good choices instead of calorie counting. All right. Again, slow weight loss is healthy weight loss and healthy weight loss is long lasting. Nutrition is not a sprint. It's, it's a marathon. It's the long game. You're in it for the rest of your life. Okay, so I'd rather you focus on getting good nutrients in your body than trying to hit a certain calorie amount and potentially hurting yourself in the present and in the future. Right? Choose foods that aren't in packages. Try to choose foods with one ingredient. I'm not saying those are the only foods you can eat, but try to have that be as the foundation of your diet. Number four. If you do suspect that you're under eating, you want to increase your calories slowly, okay? You don't want to go from 800 to 2,000 overnight. Um, first of all, that's probably too much for what your body needs. Maybe. Again, I got to look at your activity level and everything else. Um, but you want to do weight gain, or I should say not weight gain, calorie gain incrementally because we want to make sure that you're your body can handle it and you don't go from one extreme to the other. That's not healthy either. 
And number five, if you think you're under eating, but you're not quite sure how many calories your body does need, I want you to schedule an appointment with a dietitian. And so as always, you are welcome to come to Body Metrics. Um, again, we have two locations. We are in Limerick and Royersford um, in Pennsylvania. But if you're listening to this podcast outside of the area, you can find a dietitian in your area that will look at your height, your age, your weight, your sex, your activity level, and help you figure out what is a safe amount of calories for you, for health, and for reaching your goals. I promise it exists. Okay. Now, one of the things that we have at Body Metrics, I don't think I talk about it often, but we have a body composition screening and analysis tool. And basically what it is, is it's a pretty fancy scale that you stand on and it breaks down your muscle mass and your fat mass and your hydration and it looks for symmetry between the left and the right side, top and bottom. It does a lot of pretty cool things. But what I love about it is, you know, for our clients that have a specific health goal, whether it be for, for weight loss or, or building strength and muscle, is we can actually see if what you're doing is working. One of the limitations to just using a bathroom scale is you don't know what composition you're losing. You don't know if what you're losing is water, if it's fat, or if it's muscle. And so for some of us, if we just see the scale going down, we think, well, I must be doing everything right. And so you continue it. But if you're losing the wrong composition, it could impact your ability to maintain. It could impact whether or not you're going to yo-yo afterwards. Um, it can impact your health. So being able to use some of this sophisticated technology that we have at Body Metrics can be really, really helpful in making sure that the changes you are making are actually working. I don't ever look at that the numbers as a determinant of my self-worth or my value. I don't ever look at the numbers for that. I just look at it for information. Like, okay, um, maybe I need to change my workouts. You know, I, I tried something new and it worked or it didn't work. Or how much, um, you know, if I have a goal for increasing strength, how much protein do I need? Um, if I have a goal of losing fat, all right, you know, I've tried making changes to my diet. Has it decreased my fat or did it decrease my muscle mass? All that information is so helpful for figuring out what to do if you need to make changes in the future. The scale has its worth, but it's limited in the information it can give you. So if that is something you are interested in doing, um, please call our office and figure out um, a time. We offer body composition screenings first thing in the morning. Um, we do ask that you do not eat, caffeinate, or exercise before you get the, um, the test done because we want to make sure we eliminate as many variables as possible so that you get accurate results. And uh, most of our body composition screenings are done first thing in the morning because <laughs> we know you're hungry and we know you want your coffee. It, it makes me laugh when I see people come in literally with that cup of coffee and they're ready. They're like, as soon as I'm off that scale... I'm, I'm drinking the coffee. So um, you can have your cup in hand ready to go as we review the results with you. 
Um, and then what's nice too is based on your information, we can look at in terms of exercise or nutrition, what changes, if any, you need to make based on your goals. All right, guys. So that's the information. It was a lot of science today. I realize that, but you guys hung in there. You did fabulous. Hopefully I've answered your questions of what happens if you undereat and how that affects your weight loss and um, have given you some ways that you can change that if you fall into that category. Now I have to give you a recipe. And so I found this recipe on this website. Let me pull it up. Um, I believe the website was called, um, let's see here, a couple cooks. So a couple cooks.com. And this is the best wild rice soup. And it just looks fantastic. So for this recipe, now you need a lot of ingredients, but the, the actual directions part is pretty straightforward. So you're going to need a half a cup of cashews, one medium onion, two celery ribs, three medium carrots, eight ounces of baby bella mushrooms, six cloves of garlic, two tablespoons of olive oil, one tablespoon of dried thyme, one tablespoon of dried oregano, eight cups of vegetable broth, one cup of wild rice, two teaspoons of salt divided, two 15 ounce cans of white beans drained and rinsed. I would probably use the cannellini beans for this. A half a teaspoon of pepper, two teaspoons of dried sage, and a tablespoon of soy sauce. If you are gluten-free or soy-free, you can choose tamari or liquid aminos as a substitute. So for this recipe, you're gonna put your cashews in a bowl and cover them with water and you're gonna actually leave them to soak while you make the rest of your recipe. All right, this recipe doesn't use any dairy, and so we're going to make uh, almost like a creamy broth with cashews. Um, so go ahead and soak them while you make the rest, while you make the rest of the recipe. You're gonna dice your onion, thinly slice the celery, cut the carrots into rounds, slice the mushrooms, get your vegetables all ready to go, mince the garlic, and go ahead and add that um, to a Dutch oven with the olive oil. You're going to cook all the vegetables, uh, stirring occasionally for five minutes until lightly browned. Um, go ahead, if you haven't already, add the mushrooms for two minutes and then the garlic, thyme, and oregano, and stir for two minutes more. Next, you're gonna add the broth, the wild rice, one and a half teaspoons of the salt, and pepper. Bring to a simmer, and simmer that uncovered for about 20 minutes. Next, you're gonna add the beans. Make sure you rinse and drain them. You wanna get rid of all that sodium. And continue to simmer uncovered for 30 to 35 minutes more or until the rice is soft and ready to go. All right, here's your little extra step. You're gonna use a liquid cup measure and carefully remove two cups of the hot soup. So that can include the broth, the veggies, and the rice. Okay, you don't have to just get the broth only. And you're gonna put that in a blender. And you're gonna add one cup of water to that soup. Next, you're gonna drain the cashews and add them to the blender along with the dried sage and blend on high for one minute until creamy. All right, and then you're gonna pour the creamy mixture back into the soup, add the soy sauce, the remaining salt if you need it, 
and you know if you need to adjust the seasonings at that point in time go for it and you can garnish with fresh ground pepper if you want the recipe again go to a couplecooks.com and you can find it from there but um it's just this is on our menu i actually have not tried it yet but i just found it and i'm like ooh I've got to share it with you because anytime I find a really good recipe, um, you guys are always the first to know. All right, guys. Well, that's what I have for you today. I hope you have an amazing week as always. If you have any questions, um, if you want to schedule a body comp session, uh, you just want to reach out to us, you can go to bodymetricshealth.com. And if you have a topic idea for a podcast, you can also go right to bodymetricshealth.com and leave me a message. I read all of them. Um, Or you can respond on our social media pages. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrian Delgado, and I'll see you next week.